This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming up on 5-Minute News. Buoyed by Allied summits, Biden ready to take on Putin. U.S. COVID-19 deaths hit 600,000. And Israel carries out Gaza Strip airstrike. It's Wednesday, June 16. I'm Anthony Davis. Fresh from supportive summits with allies, Joe Biden declared himself ready on Tuesday to take on Russia's Vladimir Putin in far more confrontational talks, a climactic finish to the most important week of meetings in his young presidency. Biden meets for his first talks as president with the Russian leader today in what's expected to be roughly a half-day of discussions between the two leaders and aides behind closed doors. That's after spending much of a week-long European trip, the foreign policy highlight of his presidency so far, working to strengthen ties with like-minded partner nations in order to better deal with rivals Russia and China. The American leader reached Geneva following rounds of cordial elbow bumping, grinning photo sessions and close consultations with global leaders at the Group of Seven, NATO and US-European Union summits. He secured a series of joint communiques expressing concern over Russia and China and was at the EU on Tuesday to preside over the announcement of a breakthrough easing a long-running US aircraft trade dispute with that bloc. As for Russia, the US and the EU declared they stand united in our principled approach to the long-time rival, ready to respond decisively to its repeating pattern of negative behaviour and harmful activities. Biden's European tour has aimed to restore US partnerships that were damaged under former President Trump, who openly invited what American intelligence services said was Russian interference in US political campaigns, and who sought out Putin and other autocrats he saw as strong. The U.S. death toll from COVID-19 topped 600,000 on Tuesday, even as the vaccination drive has drastically brought down daily cases and fatalities and allowed the country to emerge from the gloom and look forward to summer. The number of lives lost, as recorded by Johns Hopkins University, is greater than the population of Baltimore or Milwaukee. It is about equal to the number of Americans who died of cancer in 2019. Worldwide, the COVID death toll stands at about 3.8 million. The milestone came the same day that California and New York lifted most of their remaining restrictions, joining other states in opening the way step by step for what could be a fun and close to normal summer for many Americans. With the arrival of the vaccine in mid-December, COVID-19 deaths per day in the US have plummeted to an average of around 340, from a high of over 3,400 in mid-January. 
Cases are running at about 14,000 a day on average, down from a quarter of a million per day over the winter. The real death tolls in the US and around the globe are thought to be significantly higher, with many cases overlooked or possibly concealed by some countries. The most recent deaths are seen in some ways as especially tragic now that the vaccine has become available practically for the asking. More than 50% of Americans have had at least one dose of vaccine, while over 40% are fully vaccinated, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. At nearly every turn in the outbreak, the virus has exploited and worsened inequalities in the United States. CDC figures, when adjusted for age and population, show that black, Latino and Native American people are two to three times more likely than whites to die of COVID-19. An Israeli aircraft has attacked a Palestinian training camp in the Gaza Strip in response to the launching of incendiary balloons from the territory, the first such strike since a fragile ceasefire was agreed to to end 11 days of conflict. The Israeli military said its aircraft attacked Hamas-armed compounds in the Gaza Strip in the early hours of Wednesday. It said the incendiary balloons launched from Gaza had caused some 20 blazes in open fields in communities near the frontier. In a statement, the military said it was ready for all scenarios, including renewed fighting in the face of continued terrorist acts emanating from Gaza. The airstrike was the first on Gaza since a ceasefire ended 11 days of cross-border fighting last month. Earlier in the day, Israeli police fired rubber-tipped bullets at Palestinians protesting against a march by Jewish ultranationalists through Arab neighbourhoods of Jerusalem. Along the frontier inside Gaza, Palestinians also held rallies, with an unconfirmed report that an Israeli sniper shot one person in the leg. While no rockets were fired, militants attached incendiary devices to helium-filled balloons that floated into Israel, causing dozens of fires. In Jerusalem, thousands of Jewish ultra-nationalists waving Israel's blue and white flag made their way down to the old city as a heavy police presence blocked off roads to prevent them from confronting Palestinians. The protests and airstrikes posed a test for Israel's new government, which was sworn in on Sunday and is led by the far-right politician Naftali Bennett, but includes parties from across the ideological spectrum, including an Arab party. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker, or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate, and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health, and climate, delivering independent, unbiased, and essential world news. Daily. This is Peter. And this is Tom. We want to tell you guys a little bit about our podcast. Tom and I met in college, became best friends, and then teachers almost 20 years ago. Sometimes school just does not allow us to elaborate on the topics that we find interesting, like the real shark attacks that inspired the movie Jaws, or the real historical context to Indiana Jones artifacts. Where does cereal come from? Or are zombies real? Does Ben Franklin really deserve to be on a $100 bill? On our podcast, just like in our class, there are no stupid questions.
Just two friends having a lighthearted conversation about history, pop culture, and the context of current events. Listen to History Teachers Talking Podcast from Evergreen Network, anywhere you get your podcasts. 